Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hello. Welcome back. Excited to be talking to you today on the WAG podcast. And today we're talking about something that kind of like baffles people's mind. You know, when you are in nutrition and diet culture, it's always eat less, lose more weight, um, sacrifice, restrict. And for those that have been listening to us for a long time, you know that we um, definitely believe in a different way or have seen different ways work. And today we're going to talk about why sometimes you see or you hear about people that are able to eat more and be able to lose weight, which it's not supposed to make sense. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that today. And this is not some gimmicky fad diet advertising ploy. This is something science-based that we've seen work with hundreds of clients, including some of Adi's highest level athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that eating too little can actually work against you when you're trying to lose weight. And we're going to talk about why that is. For sure. And um, also as a disclaimer, this just isn't the case for every single person, right. as with almost anything. <laughs> Some people are already eating way too much. Yeah, and we will address that in the episode. So um, this is just the case for, like, who is this good for, right? Let's talk about who who this episode might apply to. This episode is probably going to apply to somebody who's been chronically dieting for a very long time. So you've been trying a bunch of different diets. Nothing's been working for you. Maybe you've been restricting yourself to, like, 1200 calories, 1100 calories for a really long time. And you're just not seeing the progress that you should be seeing when restricting yourself that much. This is going to apply to somebody like that. That's one example. Um, Or someone that's been dieting a bunch, but not really tracking what they're eating. They're mm -hmm. just, they're just dieting loosely um, without really truly knowing what they're putting in their bodies. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, you're really struggling with your nutrition and in the sense that you're not seeing the progress that you want and you know it's not because you're overeating um, or you think at least it's not because you're overeating, then this episode's probably for you. Um, And otherwise, it's just pretty informative and cool to get this information. But we just wanted to say it's not the case for absolutely everybody. Not everybody who's listening can eat more and lose weight. It's uh, more of a specific scenario. So what are some of the reasons that this could be the case, that you could need to eat more in order to lose weight? So one reason is that um, you have been eating too little for a very long time. So your body goes into um, what Lane Norton calls the modern day starvation mode, um, meaning like we're not in um, hunters and gatherers times and we're not going many days without being able to hunt our food. Um, that would be like legitimate starvation. This is more modern day starvation where you're eating just less and less calories. And then your body starts to accommodate to the decrease in calories that you're consuming. So I'm just going to get a little scientific here. 
where your basal metabolic rate, your BMR, which accounts for around 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. It's like where um, you burn if you just sit on the couch all day. Right. Um, and so that is going to decline. So you're going to burn less calories in a day as you decline your food intake. And that's why when you're losing weight, you like reduce your calorie intake, you lose some weight, and then you have to reduce it again to lose more and more weight because it's your body is accommodating for less and less and less food. And then you're going to get into a certain point where your body's just not going to make changes anymore because you get to a place where you're in this modern day starvation, you're at like 1200, 1100 calories. It's too little. And your body really has to just hold on to what it needs to, to still function appropriately. And then it's using all of the calories that it's getting. Um, and less is just going to make it really difficult for you to make more progress. Could some contributing factors here be like overtrain, like training too much, um, lack of sleep, excess stress in life that where you're eating the same amount as you used to when you didn't have these added stressors, but now that you do, it turns out that that's not enough food. Could that cause this as well? Yeah. I mean, stress is stress and lack of sleep and the other issues that you're talking about. Um, overtraining is a version of stress on the body. That is another way for the body to enter this like fight or flight or um, need for protecting itself. And so that can definitely be contributing to why you're not seeing progress and why the amount that you're eating is should be showing you progress, but it's not actually doing that. Um, that is something I've seen um, so many times before. And the restriction itself can lead to more stress, which can then exacerbate the problem that's already there. And it could be like you're restricting yourself too much and your body is stressed out about it, which is therefore making you stressed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 100%. So number one is just that you're eating too little. Number two is that your macronutrient profile could be off. You could be eating the wrong amount of carbs, fats, and proteins for your body type at this point in your life. And the most consistent thing that I've seen from my perspective is that people are eating way too few carbs and then they start eating more carbohydrates and either the same amount of total calories or more calories and they end up losing weight really quickly, which blows their minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so fun actually when someone's like, I can eat more and it and lose weight. Um, so the reason too why that's happening is that your body starts to accommodate in the other direction. So like we're talking about when you're eating too little, your body accommodates by burning less and less calories. And then you have to reduce your food by more and more to make progress. If you start increasing food, your body's going to adapt the other way. So your- um, It might like overcompensate. Well, it's just like now it's expending more energy and you're consuming, maybe you're not consuming as much calories as the- that your body is burning. Right, right. So um, it helps you reignite your metabolism. Um, and that is a way that you can be eating more while actually losing is weight. Is that a term? Have you heard that before? Reignite your yeah. metabolism? No. You got a trademark. Though. I was going to say rev your metabolism <laughs> or I don't know, rev. No, reignite. Your reignite, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so also when we talk about um, your macronutrient profile not being best. I don't love to say right and wrong because there's different points in your life where different, like you said, it's like for where you're at right now. So it might just not be the mo the best for what you're doing right now. An example, I'm a personal example where I process carbohydrates really well. Like that's just 
my body can um, digest them really well. I my blood sugar. She processes bagels extremely well. <laughs> well <laughs> I don't know about bagels per se, but definitely carbohydrates. I mean, I was doing the ketogenic diet and I was able to remain in ketosis at like 100 grams of carbs a day, um, which is not um, something you'd average see for a person. I'm testing my ketones with blood and I definitely knew what was going on. So for me, having more carbohydrates can help me um, feel better. But if I want to like lose weight really quickly, ketogenic diet works really well for me, but it's not necessarily great for me long-term. Another one is that, number three, is that you may just be really inconsistent. You might switch from diet to diet too quickly before your body has a has a chance to really adapt to that diet and then see progress. Uh, and then you could also binge to the point where, say, you make a bunch of progress all week and you're in a 600-calorie deficit, but then you binge and you're in a 1,000-calorie surplus. And if you net that over the course of the week, you're in a 400-calorie surplus. So binging can have an enormous effect on your progress from week to week. Yeah, so this is more like... Technically, you wouldn't be eating more and losing weight, but you would be eating more each day and losing weight because you're spanning out, you're taking the binge or the overeating incident and you're dividing it across the week instead of just having this one humongous day. And it's going to feel like you're eating more. Often when we've seen people that are switching from, uh, not switching from diet to diet necessarily, but someone that's that's having regular binging episodes um, outside of anyone who has some level of clinical eating disorder. I'm not talking about anything like that, but it's often from f- the feelings of restriction. So people are restricting, 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 and then they're like, okay, it's Saturday night or Friday night. I'm going to go out to eat. And I'm, it's just one night. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and that's actually changing um, how much you're eating, like you said, over the week. So when what you can do is eat more throughout the week, then feel less restriction. Then even if you do go out over the weekend and you do have a night where you're not being as diligent with your nutrition, you're not likely to eat as much as you normally would because you don't feel as much restriction as you have in the past. Mm-hmm. So that would be another version of being able to eat more while also making progress. And then the switching from diets to diets thing is more your body doesn't do super well with changing things very frequently. So giving people who do a diet for three weeks and they're like, I'm not getting the exact results that I'm looking for. Screw it. I'm switching. Your body isn't getting enough time to actually get accustomed to what it is that you're trying to do. It doesn't really love to change that often. So what this allows you to do is to eat more, more consistently, and it gives your body a time to adapt, to bring that Uh, metabolism up so it can expend the energies that accommodates for the food that you're bringing in. And the number four is underreporting. You want to talk about this one? Yeah. So it could be, and this is kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. So you might be one of the people who were like, I can't eat more and lose weight, but it it might actually be that you're not a hundred percent sure how much you're eating right now. So you could be thinking that you're not eating very much, but you're actually eating more than you think, which um, would be underreporting or you're just not totally 100% aware of how much you're eating right now. Maybe you're eating really calorie-dense foods, so you feel like you're hungry, but you're not. You're actually eating more calories than you think, or you're snacking more often than you think, or um, your meals are just generally higher calorie than you believe them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very consistently when someone signs up for the Working Against Gravity program and they start paying attention and tracking their food intake, they're like, I had no idea I was eating that much, whether it's so little protein, so much fat. Um, it's easy to overeat in specifically things like fat because it's nine calories per gram and fat constitutes things that are relatively invisible. So like butter can be melted, oil, um, things that are really dense and small nuts, seeds, things like that where a lot or a little counts for a lot. So it's possible that you just might actually be in that category of people who you might be eating more than you think you are, mm -hmm. which is why you're not making progress. And if you're in that category, eating more might not help you. <laughs> yeah. As we're, as we've finished going through all of these, I think these could be a little confusing for people. This list is more like if you think you're eating less in order to lose weight, this, these are like reasons why it might not be working. Mm -hmm. And for the first two, one, you were eating too little or two, your macronutrient profile was off. Those, those two camps are people that may be able to eat more and lose weight. Mm -hmm. For the latter two, it's just like you're not being accurate with how much you're eating or you're, you're messing something up. Right. So what do we do with this information? So first thing that you can do is just to pay attention to what you're eating right now. So that could work in either direction. The person who's under-reporting that pays attention to what they're eating right now and they realize, oh, I'm actually eating way more than I thought I was. And it could also be the other person who's like, wow, I'm eating very little and I didn't realize that I was eating this little. We've had people that join the program and they track their food and they're eating like 1,100 calories a day and we're like, this is not healthy or sustainable and we want to make sure that we start working in the other direction. Um, so just... If you can write down what you're eating, even if it's an estimation, you don't have to you don't have to weigh and measure every single thing you eat, um, but just paying attention for a couple days of what it is that you're already eating would be really good information to just know of which camp that you're in. Number two is to be extremely consistent. Like the most typical thing that we see is is that people think they know what they're eating, but they really don't, and one bad day can ruin an entire week of progress. So by being super consistent, by tracking what you're eating in a written log or MyFitnessPal or some other app, we can really fine tune and make a science experiment out of ourselves and like mm -hmm. really dial it in. And just the accountability alone, even if it's just to yourself, changes your eating habits mm -hmm. without a doubt. Um, number three is to get plenty of rest and reduce stress. So... That is just going to help you overall in life. Um, it's going to feel easier on your body. It's going to make it so that actually paying attention to what you eat is less stressful because you don't you have more room in your bucket. If you already let's say let's say a full bucket is not what you're looking for, it's like overwhelming and it's about to overflow. Um, and you want an empty bucket is what we're looking for in terms of stress. If you're already like three quarters of the way full, you don't have a lot of room to add something in like paying attention to your food. So if that's important to you to affect your body composition or lose weight or your performance in the gym, then we need to compensate. This is something that I want to do. It's important to me. So how can I reduce the stress in other areas of my life so that I have more space to add this on without overwhelming myself and overfilling the bucket? Yeah. And when we're low on sleep, it is, it's harder to lose weight. It's harder to fight off cravings of sugar. There's a lot of studies about this and it just makes it a lot harder all the way around. Absolutely. And then the last one 
is something that's going to freak some people out and some other people are going to feel incredible relief about it. But in these situations, it might be worth getting rid of the scale. So something that I see very consistently with lots of clients from CrossFit Games champions all the way to my mom, um, getting on the scale can affect how the choices that you're making with your food. So the first thing they do in the morning is they get on the scale and they're like, okay, today was a heavier day. I'm going to eat less today. So then they decide like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to like, whether consciously or unconsciously make eat less, which is going to lead to feelings of hunger and restriction. And then I'm going to be lighter on the scale the next day. And that allows me to eat more. And then it kind of becomes this vicious cycle where instead what we're looking for is consistency. And we also want to contribute to you understanding your own hunger cues and be able to eat a little bit um, more intuitively. Um, even if you're tracking your food, you still can pay attention to your hunger cues and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the scale, if you're one of those people that it contributes to your stress and like we're talking about reducing stress or it actually, if you, if you hear the scale is dictating how I make my food choices for the day and that resonates with you, it might be worth trying to get rid of it and or getting rid of it. And you'll be so surprised by how in a couple days, like just not getting on the scale, you'll have a weight lifted off of your shoulder and that weight could make you lighter on the scale Um, or at least just enjoy your life a little bit more. Right. Because this whole thing is about allowing us to focus on the process and and behaviors and being consistent. And if not getting on the scale every day makes it more likely that you will stick to those habits and behaviors, in the long run, you're going to meet those goals and outcomes that really matter to you. Yeah. And I mean, it does really impact people. So this isn't necessarily true for everybody. If you feel like you get on the scale and you're just like, meh, whatever, um, and you just move on, it's not for you. But there are people, I've worked with a number of of games athletes where the number on the scale makes dictates whether they're going to do poorly or well in a gymnastics workout just because they're like, oh, I'm two pounds heavier. That's going to affect my muscle ups when maybe if they didn't get on the scale, that's not, that wouldn't have been the case. So, um, just paying attention to your feelings around the scale. Are you feeling, are you getting on it? And before you were feeling amazing and you were just feeling like I'm going to have a great day, then you get on it and it changes the way that your day goes it's not worth giving that number the power. You can't have that much power over you. You should have power over it. Um, it doesn't mean you should never get on the scale, but at least taking some time away from it. Kind of like we talked about, we've talked many times about abstaining from something in order to gain control over it. And then you can be moderate with it. But if you're feeling like it has control over you right now, you might just need a break, like a small little breakup between you and the scale. Take the power back, y'all. <laughs> that is it. So... Hopefully you can use this information and I would love for everyone out there to be eating as much as they possibly can while still getting, achieving their goals and maintaining their results. Well, maybe sustainability and everything. No, that's what I mean. Eat as much as you possibly can while still maintaining your goals. No, like environment sustainability. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Well, I wasn't, come on, Michael, (laughs) don't like, don't like make me look like a jerk. I didn't, wasn't thinking that deeply about it. (laughs) Okay. Bye guys. Bye y'all. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.